Hey, good morning. Um, I was reading a book last night, and uh, it's a pastor. It's called Pastor to Pastor, and, and he was talking about, in this particular chapter, about preaching and speaking. And he was saying, um, he had some good stuff to say, but something he said, he said, when people come to church, their hearts are not open. And he said, you know, it's kind of like our job to help them open up their hearts and to receive what God has for them. Because, and, and the reason that he said, and it wasn't like a bad thing, he, he was saying, you know, we, we have so many distractions and so many things in this life and in this world, and, and it's hard to like leave those, check them at the door. We should put a big basket out there and just, you know, leave it all there at the door and then come in for this hour and, you know, whatever, how, however long it is and, and just want to hear what God wants to say. But again, like I was saying earlier, there's a choice, some kind of choice in that where, uh, and, and uh, Matt just prayed, you know, that, that God, you know, that we would open our hearts to hear what God's word has to say. Because we have a choice. Well, are we going to listen or not? Are we just come here just to be here or, you know? What's the deal? So that's the first thing I wanted to share. These are all extras, and there's no extra charge for these, by the way. Uh, the second thing was, and this is kind of contradicting the first thing. I got a call on Friday night from a couple who were here for two Sundays. And their names were Jim and Pat. How many of you remember them? They sat about right there. And... Uh, but they came out to, to uh, do like a grave, a burial of uh, Pat's mom and dad. And we did like a graveside uh, over in Appenog for them, for both of these uh, parents, her parents. Um, so Paula asked, and, you know, if, if they'd call and let us know that they got home safely. Because, you know, they're, that's a long drive. They drove from Phoenix to here and then from here back to Phoenix. And so it, you know, it's a long drive, so they made it safely. But, but in this conversation, um, uh, he said something to me. He said uh, to us, I had it on speakerphone, he said, you know what, uh, your church is really something else. And he said, you know, uh, we got invited to go out to lunch like four times. <laughs> And I don't know they didn't actually get to, but um, they, you know, they had a lot of family they needed to visit and stuff. And he said, you know, the people were so friendly to us. He says, we've never experienced that in any church. And they go to a big Calvary chapel in Phoenix. They said, we've never experienced it like that anywhere else. And I go like, wow. I said, that's very encouraging. And I said, I said, you know, I, you know, I'm going to use this word proud, but it makes me very proud that this is the church that, you know, we get to be a part of. And, and so uh, keep it up, but open your hearts to the word, too. So, right? So see what I'm saying? Let's open our Bibles, and I hope you have your Bibles with you. I think it's important to have your Bible or, or some kind of uh, scripture. And we do have Bibles in the back if you don't have one. But to, to be able to find things, I know it's easy with, the, with your phones and tablets and that kind of thing. Uh, but there's something about having paper, too, 
And, you know, for us to be able to, maybe at home you can use one at home, but to be able to open your Bible. 1 John chapter 5, in verse uh, 13, <clears throat> it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Last time we talked about this assurance that we have eternal life, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is found where? In his son. Thank you, Kelly. And we're safe. We're secure. And he, Jesus said we will never perish. And, and nothing can take us out of his hand. And, and, uh, it, but it's not just a feeling, is it? It's not just, well, I feel saved or I feel like I have eternal life. It's, it's based objectively on the scripture and what God says. That's what he said. These things, I write to you these things so that you may know. You have to know, and that's why we teach the Bible. That's why we go to the Scripture over and over again, because that's where the answers are. The second thing is the Spirit, the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit himself uh, says that he testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So there is, there is the objective, and there is a subjective, too, where the Holy Spirit within us just confirms that, just encourages us encourages us in that assurance. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word, there's that scripture again, and believes him who has sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Crossed over from death to life. He who hears my word and believes. So we can be sure of that. There's something that that he has done for us. He wants us to, to, to be assured of that. Now today, I, I, I want to talk about the, the next uh, couple of verses uh, and, and kind of following on from that thought, but what about prayer? Prayer is a big subject. We could talk for months on prayer, but, but we're only going to look at two verses here. But what about prayer? Can we be sure when we pray? I mean, he talked about us being sure that we have eternal life, but can we be sure when we pray? You know, there's a lot of questions. Does God hear me? Or am I just kind of like speaking my mind? Or is God really there? Will he answer me when I pray? Do I need to pray? What if I don't know how to pray? What if I don't know what to pray? These are all questions that we have, right? These are all questions as a, as a believer. You know, we, we think about these things. And again, where do we find the answers? We find them here on the pages of this book. And so, you know, even as I'm reading this, I'm going, okay, well, I have to ask these questions. I have to ask the questions for myself as well. But the answer to all those things, you know, can we be confident in our praying? The scripture tells us over and over, yes, yes, yes. I want to encourage you in that. A key verse, though, found here in uh, Psalm 37, verse 4 says this, and you'll see why I, I, I'm saying it's a key verse. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. There's a lot in that. We could do a whole Sunday on that, but delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of of your heart. We'll get back to that at the end. Let's read in verses 14 and 15, 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence that we have 
in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. There's a lot there, isn't that? A lot for us about prayer. But again, you can read it, you can think about it. But he says we have this confidence, we have this assurance that, that when we approach God, and this word confidence means freedom in speaking. We can go and speak, we, we can go with boldness and speak to God about anything. And everything we can go and speak to him. But in the, this version says we have this confidence in approaching God. The King James, a new King James says we have this confidence in him. The ESV says we have this confidence toward him. So the confidence that we have is, is really, uh, and the word is, is kind of like uh, facing him. We have this confidence facing him. This is where our confidence comes from, comes from in prayers, as we're focusing on him, as we're facing him. It comes out of this relationship with ha- that we have with him. If we don't have it, much of a relationship, well, I, I, you know, you're not going to expect much to come out of this thing that we call prayer. It comes out of, though, this life that we have. It's this confidence that we have in him. It's not a confidence in ourselves. How many would you say, you know what, I'm such a great prayer I've got so much confidence because I know I know how to pray really good. And I, I, you know, it's just God has to answer me when I pray because of how I pray and who I am. And how many of you have that kind of thought? You can leave now if you do because you don't need any of this. But that's not who we are, right? It's more the opposite. But he says, you know, we have confidence in him. We have confidence facing him, toward him, approaching him. I want you to turn back with me to Hebrews chapter 4. That's just a few books back, right? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. Hold on to your faith. He said, for, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. So Jesus understands. We say, well, he doesn't really understand me. He doesn't understand what, it, what it's like down here. Oh, yes, he does. Because he was here. He went through it all. Yet without sin. Verse 16, though, this is the key verse. He says, let us then, because we have this high priest, because we have this person, Jesus, who uh, understands completely and totally. He said, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have Jesus. He's our great high priest. He says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Again, this message is about confidence in prayer. Do you have confidence? Can you go to God and can, can you ask him about anything? And, and will he hear you? Will he answer you? Will he, you know, how will he take care of you? The writer of the Hebrew says, let us, because of who Jesus is, let us approach the throne of grace. 
with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He's speaking specifically here about those times of need when we need help and we pray and and we need grace and we need mercy. But he says we will receive those things when we go, but we need to go. We need to pray, right? That's what he's saying. There's another verse in in Ephesians, which I also, uh, I didn't put on the screen for you, but it says this, in him and through faith in him, that is Jesus, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You can go him because of what Jesus says, not because of what you and I did, because what standing do you and I have? None. But in and through our faith in Jesus, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. I think some of us, we have, this con- we have this concept of God, you know, like, he's like, you know, the man upstairs. Some of my family members say that, you know, I got this, the man upstairs. And they don't understand, it's not a relationship base. It's like the, the guy up there, the, you know, and you got to be, you know, the mean guy up there. The bat, you know, God, he's, you know, what is he going to say? What is he going to do? Well, Paul says we can approach him with freedom and confidence. He wants us, you know, he wants us to come. We're the ones that have the issues. It's not him. He wants us to come with freedom and confidence and, and bring anything. That's what he says here, turning back to 1 John chapter 5 again. He says this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. <clears throat> Well, the first thing we need to do is what? Ask. First thing we need to do is ask. And I think I think my sums it up by saying this: by all means, pray. We have freedom, we have confidence, and and we can go to Him with anything and everything. And, and we see that word here used twice: anything, whatever, all of it. We can bring it to Him. Didn't Jesus say that? Ask, and it what? Will be given to you. Everyone who asks receives. But James, the half-brother of Jesus, what did he say? He said, you do not have because you do not ask God. Well, God's too busy, so I, I don't want to bother him about that, or we just don't pray. We just, you know, I'm busy. We either think God's too busy or we think we're too busy. And they're both untrue, right? God is not too busy and we are not too busy to pray. In fact, when we are really busy, that's when we really need to pray. But James says you don't, you're not getting any answers because you've never asked any questions. You never, you've never prayed. You, you never pray and ask. God's saying, you know, I, I, I'd like you to come and talk to me about that. Well, I'm just going to take care of it myself. But notice he says here that we have this confidence if we ask anything. If we ask anything. Does it mean he'll give us anything? You have to read the rest of the verse, right? You have to read the context and, and the context of the scripture. You know, we can, it, it's great we can take things out of context and make the Bible say what we want it to say, right? We can, we can do that. God's going to give me whatever I ask. 
Don't read the next part of the verse, because what does it say? If we ask anything according to His will. This, when you look at this and you read these verses and study, this is where true confidence in prayer comes in. According to His will. It's not according to my will. Pastor Chuck said, you know, he's so glad that God said no. Because it wasn't his will. It was Chuck's will. It wasn't, you know, God's will. And and some of the things that we pray for, if God said yes, we would be in a big hurt of trouble. This is where true confidence comes from, his will. Well, how do we know his will? That's a whole big subject in and of itself. But, but you know, prayer, number one, we ask God, well, what, is you, what do you want? What's your will? We know what the Bible says about a lot of different things. We, we can pray for something, and, and uh, the Bible clearly says that, that for a believer, that is not a good thing, and do not go there. And we can pray about it, and what's God going to say? Is it moral according to the scripture? Will it honor him? We want to know what God's will. If we're going to pray according to his will, we need to know what his will is. What if, what if we don't know his will? We're just not sure about it. Uh, can we still pray? Yeah, of course we can. You know, again, we, we, we hold back. Well, I, I'm not sure about that, so I'm not going to pray about that. No, that's when we need to pray about it. But we need to leave it up to him and the answer up to him and, and ask him. I was kind of praying. I was thinking, well, you know, is that prayer that, I, that I'm praying right now, is that something that's according to God's will? We have to ask these questions. But if we don't know, it's okay. But Paul said in Ephesians 5, he said, don't be foolish, but understand the Lord's will. Understand what the Lord's will is. So, so God wants us to know his will and, and you know, to, to, to not ask what that is. But isn't the truth of it, often our prayers are just our will. They're just our will. Turn back to the book of James uh, that's just back, you know, three books. James chapter 4, where he's talking about this. And I quoted part of the verse again, but I kind of took it out of context. I'm really sorry about that. But now we're going to go there and you can ex- you're going to see the whole context. James chapter 4, in verse 1, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive. God says no, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Just ask, are prayers just something that I want? It's just something that I think that would be good for me. Say, no, that's not true of anybody in this room, right? God, I, you know, I really would like that new car. I heard yesterday that one of my brothers got a new car, and I'm going, oh, he's older than me, but 
You know, there was a girl back in the 60s and up to 1970. Her name was Janice Joplin. How many of you remember her? Some of you are old enough to know. And what was her prayer? Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amen. I, I still remember this song. And I, I was only 15 years old. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Is that a prayer? Is that, is that God's will? Her next verse was, Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV dialing for dollars? You have to be really old to remember that. <laughs> is trying to find me. I wait for delivery each day until three. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? I guess back then, color TVs weren't like everywhere. But listen to this third verse. It says, Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? I'm counting on you, Lord. Please don't let me down. Prove that you love me and buy the next round. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? Wow. Interesting thing about that, she owned a Porsche at the time. But she had it painted with a custom, like, hippie paint job. But she recorded that song on October 1st, 1970. But three days later, she died from an overdose. Three days later. She met her maker at that point in time now. Was her heart right with God? I don't know. This doesn't tell me. Some people read this and say she was just kind of, you know, poking at the materialism because that's what the hippies, you know, we, we fought against the materialism of the culture or whatever. But yet she was driving a Porsche, so I don't know. In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon, y'all have heard of him, David's son. Solomon asked, he prayed and he asked God for wisdom and he asked for understanding so that he could, you know, as a, a young man, take care of God's people and do the right thing by God's people. And, and God said to him, you know what, I will do what you have asked for. And also, I will do this and this and this because you haven't asked for those things for yourself. He asked for something that was right and God gave him everything he needed for himself. When we come and just ask for the stuff for ourselves, God says, yeah, but what about what I've called you to do? You remember Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, you know, he says, if there's any way that this cup would pass from me, the cross. And, and God said, no, this is the only way. And what did he say? What did Jesus say? He said, not my will, but yours be done. So in prayer, this thing about confidence in prayer comes out of, again, this surrendering, this submitting our will to God's will, not just what I want. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He said it in the prayer, didn't he? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Confidence in prayer. We can be very confident but in the context of knowing what God is saying about prayer. Back in 1 John 5, 
14, it says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He's listening. If we belong to him, he, he hears us. He's listening. And, he, and verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We're praying, we're submitting, we're surrendering to the will of God and, 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 and trusting in him. It says, it says that he's hearing us, he's listening. And not only that, but he will give us, we actually have right now, it's as good as done. We have it as a present possession. Now this isn't some kind of, you know, uh, word of faith people. They take these verses way out of context and they, you know, well, just, you know, but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is what the Bible says, that, that if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Because why? Because we've prayed and we've surrendered it. We've submitted to, to his will. And our hearts are right with him. So he is going to do it. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that we see it yet. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there's a, 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 a measure of faith in this. Kind of an interesting question, though, is do, if that's the case, and, and this verse is saying this, do we, do we keep praying or do we stop praying? If we already have it, why should we keep praying? I think they're both true because Jesus, sometimes Jesus said, said this in, in Luke chapter 18. He told his disciples this parable that, that they should always pray and not give up. Keep praying. And he talked about the woman who kept, you know, bringing this request over and over. And finally, the, you know, the guy said, you know, I've had enough. Okay, here it is. So there's time when we just need to keep praying. But there's also a time when we need to stop praying and just say, thank you, God. Though I don't see it yet, you have taken care of it, and I'm going to trust you, and I, I want to stop and say thank you. I, I don't think it's a lack of faith in either case. And I certainly don't think it's a lack of faith for us to pray, Lord, if this is your will, not my will, but your will, if this is what you want. See, it changes us. Even putting those words into a prayer changes us and how we actually pray. We're willing to say that. It's not name it and claim it. It's surrender and go before God in prayer. Look back at chapter 3. He's kind of touched on this before already in chapter 3, 1 John, in verse 21. We're going to look at a few scriptures as we wrap this up. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, 21, he says, If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and we do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded. There's some things in there, you know, we, we saw in chapter 5, he talks about according to God's will. Here it says, if our hearts aren't condemning us, if our hearts, you know, there's, there's nothing, you know, like going on in our hearts that bring in this condemnation, we can have con confidence before God. But notice he also says we, we obey his commands and we do what pleases him. 
We're going to turn back into the Gospels now uh, where uh, we're going to look at these verses, some of them very quickly though. And, and let's, so let's go back to Mark chapter 11 first. Just so you know, and you can see that there, there is a lot that backs up this whole idea of confidence in prayer. And Jesus said it repeatedly. Now, he does add things, as you'll see. We've already seen in chapter 5 of 1 John. We've already seen it in chapter 3 just now. But in Mark chapter 11, we see it as well. Let's start in verse 22. He says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but, but believes <clears throat> excuse me, that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. There's this measure of faith. But look at verse 25. This is interesting. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. There's something going on there, this idea of forgiveness. We have this unforgiveness and we're praying and, and you know, we're having this struggle in prayer, but we've got this thing and we, we're mad at somebody. We're angry. We had some testimony a couple of weeks back out that, about this very thing. And God wants us to deal with that and, and leave the gift on the altar, take care of what needs to be taken care of, and then come back and, and, and pray. Psalm 66, we're not going to turn there, but, but the writer says, I cried out to him, to God with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. And he said this, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. If we've got this sin that we're holding on to, cherishing in, in our hearts, it's not going to go well for us in prayer. He's going to say, wait a minute. Oh, whoa. First Peter chapter 3, at the end of it, it says to the husband, you know, that he needs to, to treat his wife right in an understanding way. Dwell with your wives according to knowledge, he says, so that your prayers would not be hindered. Sometimes, sometimes we're, we're not treating each other right, our husbands, our wives. And we're wondering why, you know, prayer, our prayers aren't going anywhere. There are some things we need to address and take care of and do what's right. Matthew. Matthew chapter 21. Go back. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22. Jesus says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, if you trust. It's a matter of trust. When we pray, we come and we ask and we surrender and submit to him. And, but we trust him that he is a God who answers prayer. Jesus says these words, why? To encourage us. That prayer is powerful and prayer is going to do mighty things. It changes us. 
You know that saying, prayer changes things? Well, it does change things, but it also changes us. But God changes things. It's not so much the prayer, it's the God that we pray to who actually changes things. And he does things in answer to our prayers. Now turn to the Gospel of John. We have three verses we're going to look at there and and, uh, finish with. John chapter 14. In verses 13 and 14. Jesus says, and, and I will do whatever. There's that word again. Anything, whatever. Whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You, will, you can ask me for anything, but the context is what? In my name. Now, we, we kind of got this thing, you know, and, and uh, I don't know that it's such a bad thing, but it's this idea when we pray that we, at the end, we want to say, in Jesus' name. And I, you know, with my grandkids, I teach them, you know, when we pray, uh, we have this thing, you know, when they're little, they kind of, I can't take it. They're growing out of it. But we have this, the four things, right? Have I told you about the four things? Have I? Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> Just kidding. But the four things, you know, when I visit the kids in Israel and we, the four things, you know, when I have a chance with the, the kids here, I don't do it here because, you know, It'd be crazy because it gets kind of wild. We have a kiss, we have a hug, we have a prayer, and we have a tickle. Okay. So we do the four things, right? And we do these four things, and it gets pretty wild. I mean, real wild. So I got to go, sometimes this takes 20 minutes, you know, to go through all this, you know. Anyways, during the prayer, though, you know, we kind of take turns, and I, and I, and I teach him, and, I, and what I was, you know, would say was, in Jesus' name. And I also teach him to say, I love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, that's kind of rote, you know, saying it over and over again. But Jesus taught us this prayer, and he said, you know, this is kind of how you pray. And it's not, it, it, you know, we know those words. Most of us learned those words. But when you stop to think about those words, what they mean in Jesus' name. Because, see, in, in, the, in the Hebrew mind, in, in Israel, and when they, when they talked about in someone's name, it included everything about them. So it's not just a magical formula. If you pray, and then at the end, don't forget to say in Jesus' name, and it will all happen. But is it including everything about who he is, you see. What his will is, his nature, his character. And that's what he says here, isn't it? He says that, that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Is, is this prayer request, whatever that I'm asking, is it going to bring glory to the Father? Now, we need to pray and we say, well, I, don't, I can't do all these things, so I'm not going to pray. No, we need to pray. He'll straighten us out. 
He'll, he'll get us right. He'll, he'll, he'll fix us. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. In his name. How about chapter 15, verse 7? He talks about it again. Check it out. This whole chapter, the first part of the chapter, is about abiding or living in him, the, the vine, the branches. Verse 7, he says, If you remain or abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. He said, If you remain or you live in me, and my words live in you, abide in you, remain in you, ask whatever you will. Ask whatever you wish. Now, if we're not abiding in him and, and we have no idea what his word says and his word is not living in us, we can pray a lot of things and God's just going to say, you know, get a clue. You don't, you don't have a clue. Like, what are you talking about? Let's get, let's get straightened out here. And finally, the last one, verse 24 of chapter 16 Let's start in verse 23. He says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. And your joy will be full or complete. There's something about joy coming through prayer when we pray and, and our hearts are right and he's working in us and through us and we're abiding in him and, and, he, and he answers prayer and we just go, wow. Wow, thank you, Lord, for you did that. Thank you, God. That, that's amazing. And there's like this joy that kind of bubbles up inside of us when we, when we get this and, this and this kind of thing happens, this prayer. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. As we delight ourselves in him. And, and, and we're focusing on him. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking unto Jesus. And, and we're finding our delight in him. It says he will give you the desires of your heart. I look at that in two ways. He gives you what you desire. But he also gives you the desires. He changes us to, to want what he wants, you see. And that's, that comes out of that relationship with him. So can you be confident in prayer? Yes, you can. But you, let's keep it in context here. What is, what is he trying to do in us and through us through prayer? Are we really surrendered and submitted to him and his will? He's God. He's the Lord. We have to understand that. Can you have confidence in prayer? Yes, 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 absolutely. Let's pray. Of all things, let's pray. Father God, it's a big, big subject, but we only have a little bit of time, and, and I pray that even these uh, verses that we've looked at and the scriptures that we've 
talked about this morning would, would encourage us to come boldly into the throne of grace, to find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need, to help us in all the things of this life. It's so much. But you want us to pray. It's just so clear. You want us to come and and ask. What does your word say? That we should be praying always. Praying constantly. It's it's just like a part of our, our life. Talking to you and not just bringing you uh, requests, but talking to you and building a relationship and and praising you and thanking you and loving you. Father, we got a long way and maybe our hearts are kind of hard and and we we didn't always get it right, but but you're faithful and the work you began, you started, you're going to finish, you're going to complete until the day of Christ Jesus. Father God, we love you, we need you. You know all the needs in this room. You know all the needs of each person here. And, and maybe we're, we're saying, yeah, but he would never answer me, or answer me about this. Or, yeah, no, he would not He would never do that. You don't know till you ask. He's big enough to straighten you out if you get it wrong. Believe me. But he wants to hear from you. He wants, he wants to... To hear your voice. It says he hears us. He's listening. And like, like we sang earlier, he, he knows your name. You're not just the voice of a multitude. You are a unique individual before him. He knows your name. Father, I want to pray and close with this prayer for any who don't know you, who don't have a relationship, a walk, a life. Today, you can open your heart and say, Jesus, please, I want that. I want that relationship. I want to be one of yours. And so I, I open this heart. Maybe it's a, a, a squeaky door, but I open the door to let you in. You're knocking and you want to come in. I open it up and let you in. And say, Lord, I I trust that you died on that cross for my sin. That you were buried, that you rose from the dead. And you give eternal life to all those who believe in you. I ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing, shall we?